Good morning. My name is Pastor Brad. I'm the worship arts pastor here at New Life. And uh, I want to tell you something funny that happened last service. Uh, as Tammy was praying at the end, she referred to me as Pastor Bad. And uh, I think that's pretty cool, actually. I, I was like, Pastor Bad, probably be a good pastor. Uh, but uh, my uncle used to call me Bad Brad, so it brought, brought back a lot of memories. And I uh, thought maybe next time we'll put up, when we put my name up, we'll put Pastor Bad Brad French. Yeah. <laughs> It's a cool biker name anyway. So, um, hey, we're glad you're here. If you're a first-time guest with us here today, welcome. Thank you so much for being a part of our church family today. We love you. We plan for you and hope that you've had a great experience so far. If you're a regular family member, thank you so much for coming back. Uh, We're in part three of our Experiencing Prayer series. And since September of 2019, we've been in a a year-long series called Experiencing God Unreserved. And the goal of this series is really to learn how we can take steps to partner with God so that we can experience the fullness of life that he has come to give us. And we want to experience him unreserved in our lives. We want to see him do things he's never done before in our lives. We want to experience him in in very rich ways. And so um, that's what this whole series has been about. And so we've been putting mini-series together to kind of lead us into uh, experiencing God unreserved. And right here in the middle of the year, we've put... Uh, a series on prayer because we think it's so, so important. Back in, uh, in November, Pastor Chris introduced us to an idea called Each One, Everyone. Each One, Everyone. We're going to throw the logo up for you. I want you to see this logo. Uh, we put this logo together, and when Pastor Chris and I looked at this logo, we both really loved it, and I think we loved it because it looks like Star Wars. Right? And Pastor Chris and I love Star Wars. In fact, we didn't go see the movie this year together, but we might have to schedule it anyway. So, but um, but we, we love Star Wars, and so we looked at that, and I was having a hard time. I couldn't remember which one it was, and then one of our camera guys, he said, uh, that's the Empire Strikes Back logo. And I was like, thank you so much. So that's what it looks like, but I wanted you to see it because it's so important for us that this, this idea of each one, everyone takes hold here at New Life. And Pastor Chris put some flesh on this uh, two weeks ago when he said this. Here's what he said. When each one invests our lives for Jesus, everyone experiences God. When each one invests our lives for Jesus, everyone experiences God. So here's the reality. If we're going to experience God unreserved, we have to go all in. Because as each one of us individually invests our lives in the kingdom of God, God's kingdom advances Everybody experiences God. It's, it's an incredible thing. So we want to take this each one, everyone idea, and we want to live it out. And in fact, we've, we've come up with a phrase to kind of spur us on, and it's a question. And here's the question. Are you ready to do whatever it takes? Are you? Are you? Are you? Am I ready to do whatever it takes? Now, I don't know about you, but I like a challenge. Growing up with my best friend Jimmy, uh, we used to egg each other on in really stupid ways. And uh, one of those ways was uh, most likely something like this, where Jimmy would say to me, I bet you won't eat a handful of mud. And um, I don't know like, if it's just a guy thing, but by the end of that sentence, I would have had mud in my mouth. You know, and, and I would have been like, yeah, I did it, you know, and, and, and that's, what, that's what I do. Like, I, I get challenged, and I, I want to ta- step up into that, especially if it was Jimmy. It just always bothered me. But anyway, you know, I like a challenge, and most of us do as well. We like to be challenged. Now, that's a dumb challenge, 
But incredible and important challenges are, are, are powerful, and that's what the each one, everyone is all about, is that will each one do whatever it takes, and, and, and are we ready to step into that? It's an important challenge. Now, many of us, we like this because uh, if you're a follower of Jesus in here, you, you should especially like this because we like to step into things where we have actionable results, right? So like beginning of the year, I started a new Bible reading plan and I've been following along, filling in the circles and I get to the end of the circles and I'm like, yeah, I did it, right? And it, it feels good, you know? And then some of us, other, others of us, we, we find out what our spiritual gifts are, which by the way, basic is a great way to figure out how God's gifted you, how he's wired you and where you can plug in here. And, and a lot of us have experienced that. And so we know where we're plugged in and, and we love it. We come and we're, we get filled up as we serve and we leave and go, man, that was great. It was a tangible experience, a tangible result. And some of others of us like to give. We love to give to God's kingdom. And so we'll write a check and man, that just feels good. God, God's blessed us in such a way to be able to do that. And so uh, we, we like to do that. But not very many followers of Jesus jump into the action that is actually most important, and that is prayer. Prayer is the most important action in which a Christian must participate. I want to tell you why. Three reasons. Number one, okay, and and I just want to give a caveat here. If you're a follower of Jesus in here, this message is really for you. If you're not a follower of Jesus in here today, we love you, and we thank you so much for being here, and uh, we hope that God will speak to you as we talk about some of these things. But we want you to know that this message is, is really focusing on followers of Jesus. So um, just sit back and relax and enjoy the message here. And I believe God's still going to speak to you. So, But here's the thing. If you're a follower of Jesus, the first thing we have to understand about why prayer is the most important is Jesus modeled it. And so if we're a follower of Jesus, then we should actually follow Jesus, Right? I mean, that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's what it means to be a disciple is that we're going to follow his model. We're going to participate with him in the things that he did. And Jesus modeled it for us, and the the, uh, gospel writers actually wrote the accounts of what Jesus did. Look at this from Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It says, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Now, some of us, we read that and go, Does it have to be before daybreak? No. Okay, it doesn't have to be, but the pattern is the prayer, the being with his heavenly father. In fact, Luke records this. He says uh, this in, in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. I like that better. It doesn't say what time of the day he did that, all right, but he did it often. The pattern in Jesus' life was to get alone with his heavenly father. And what Jesus was doing is he was modeling for us what we need to do, that we need to get along with him, that we need to be with him, that we need to be in relationship with him. If we're followers of Jesus, in fact, he actually said this in in, in the Gospel of John. He says, "You, you need to remain in me. And the only way that we can remain in Jesus is by being with him, ongoing, consistent, daily relationship. That's what Jesus modeled. So that's the first reason. The second reason is this. Jesus expects us to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 5, 6, 7, 9, and and chapter 11, verse 9, and Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus clearly lays out an expectation for his followers to pray. Look what he said in Luke 11, verse 10. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Now what's, what's the implication here that Jesus is making? The implication is that when we go to God in prayer... 
when we enter into this communication with God, that God actually responds. Now, I don't know about you, but if you want to be in relationship with somebody, you've got to actually communicate, right? And all the wives in the place said, amen, pastor, right? That's, that's true. Like, we have to communicate if we're going to be in good relationships. We have to. And that's what Jesus was saying. Listen, when you go to your heavenly father, you need to pray and expect him to respond. Because he's going to. So Jesus expects us to pray. Number three, early church leaders demonstrated the power of prayer and commanded it for the church. So the early church leaders, they they demonstrated the power of prayer and then they commanded it to the church. One time the apostles, uh, they were were all together and and a group came and were were complaining about a different group of people to them. And and the apostles kind of went before the people and said, listen, we ain't got time for this right? Ain't nobody got time for that, right? That was a cool hip internet thing a couple uh, years ago, right? And that's what they basically told the people. They said, listen, we don't have time for this because we have something else that's more important to do. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to put other people in charge so that everybody is happy and everybody is served well by the church. But then they said this. They said, then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. You see, the early church fathers, they knew that it was crucial for them to stay close to the Father because as he was speaking to them through the Spirit, they would go out and they would do what he commanded and the gospel would move out and it would increase and people would step from death to life. Then a little bit later on, the Apostle Paul, who, Apostle Paul was a a church planter, probably the first one. (laughs) He He was the first church planter that would go around and he would plant churches And then he would write letters back to the churches instructing them how to live. And to the Colossian church, the Apostle Paul wrote this. He said, devote yourselves to prayer. Now, why would the Apostle Paul say that? Because the Apostle Paul knew that we're human and that we're going to devote ourselves to something. And most of us will devote ourselves to whatever it is that we like the most. In fact, you can look over your life, you can do a survey... And just look at how, what thing in your life gets the most time and the most money. And that's most likely what you're most devoted to in your life. And Paul's saying, listen, don't be devoted to things that are temporary, but be devoted to the one thing that matters the most, and that is your relationship with your Heavenly Father. That's why Paul says, be devoted to prayer. Paul could have said anything there, but he said prayer. Why? Because he wants us to know that we need to be in constant relationship with our Heavenly Father. Then James, who was Jesus' brother, he said this. He said, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven." Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Man, that last line is so powerful. Now, James, this is Jesus' brother, is saying this about prayer. That prayer, it demonstrates God's great power and it produces wonderful results. By the way, these kind of results are things that we can't do on our own. These are things that God brings about through us 
as we pray. In fact, Jesus told us uh, when he was teaching his disciples how to pray, he put a line in there. He said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what Jesus was inviting us to do was to partner with God in bringing about his will here on the earth. And in other words, we're bringing about things through prayer that aren't here yet. That's pretty cool. That's really powerful. And Jesus is inviting us into this because, as James said, prayer produces wonderful results and it demonstrates God's power. So here's the key. Prayer is the key to experiencing the life God has for us. Prayer is the key because through prayer, God transforms us. He shapes us. He changes us. And he actually shifts circumstances. That's what God does for his children. In fact, the Apostle Paul helps us understand, and this is where we're going to land here today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to begin in verse 16. So if you have a Bible, I would encourage you, pull it out and uh, open it up and underline this verse because this is really powerful. And also, if you, if you have a Bible app, you can also do that, pull that out and look at it. Um, for, for you, so you can study it later. I would encourage you to do that strongly. Otherwise, it'll be on the screen for you if you don't want to do that. That's fine. Um, but it'll be up there so you can see it. But I, wanna, I want us to look at this together. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16, it says this, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now that's powerful. That's powerful because Paul's instructing us here and he's saying to us that, that we're to always be joyful, to never stop praying, and to be thankful in all circumstances. Now, what Paul's pointing out here is that we were designed for something. We were actually designed for joy. How many of you would like to have joy in your life today? Yeah, not too many of you. Okay, that's interesting. Now, like we, are, we all want joy, right? We all want joy. I mean, even if you are the grumpiest person in this room today, don't you lie to me and tell me you wouldn't like joy in your life, okay? You would, because we all were designed for that. God wants us to experience joy. And he wants us to experience it in him. And, and prayer, Paul is trying to help us understand, is the key to experiencing God, but it's also the key to experiencing joy in God as we're thankful in all circumstances. So here's the one thing I want us to walk away with today. Here's the take-home point. It's this. God's will for us is to always be joyful, never stop praying, and be thankful in all circumstances. Always be joyful, never stop praying, and be thankful in all circumstances. So when we look at this passage more closely, uh, we actually see two states of being. That is the state of being joyful and the state of being thankful in all circumstances. And Paul puts those there as commands, and he also puts them there in reference to God's will. God's will for you is to be joyful. God's will for you is to be thankful. Well, how in the world do you do that when your life is a mess? And Paul puts right in the middle the connector. You never stop praying. You never stop praying. If you want to be joyful, if you want to experience thankfulness in all circumstances, then you must live a life of prayer. One thing I've realized is God uses prayer to redefine and reshape attitudes of my heart. And that's what he does when we pray to him. He shapes us and he molds us and he changes us from the inside out. So we must never, never 
stop praying. So, what does that mean? What does it mean for us to never stop praying? I mean, are we supposed to, like, be talking out of one side of our mouth to somebody and then praying on the other side? I mean, that just doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, what does Paul mean here? What, what Paul is pointing out for us is that it's, a, it's being aware of God's ever-presence, his presence all around us. In fact, Paul was saying when he used this uh, language, the, the language that he wrote the letter in was Greek, and the word that he used for pray continually, the word continually, was most often used in reference to a hacking cough. And I thought this was really interesting because as I was writing this message, our technical director, whose name is Gabe, he was out here and he was working all out in, in this uh, room right here. And while I was writing constantly, I'm hearing... <clears throat> And I was like, huh, that's cool. Like, I'm, 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 I'm reading this, and I'm hearing him. And so I just, I just got up and closed my door and sprayed Lysol everywhere. Um, <laughs> but, but that's what Paul's saying. He's, he's saying, listen, when you pray, you need to be praying as though you can't help it. Because when you hack, right, you hack not because, man, it's going to feel good, <clears throat> right? I mean, you don't do that. No, you do it because your brain's telling your lungs, hey, you better hack this up or you're going to die, right? I mean, that's what happens. And Paul's saying, listen, when you pray, your life needs to demonstrate that. That you need to pray because you just can't help it. That's what Paul is helping us to understand. And so I want to share with you all a a practice that I learned, it's a discipline that I learned in seminary. And this, this practice helps us become aware of God's presence. It helps us to do this thing that Jesus did. When Jesus modeled these things, what he was modeling was a habit. And we all know habits are, are hard to, like healthy habits for, for whatever reason, are really hard to build and unhealthy ones are really hard to break. But the reality is, if we're going to experience all God has for us, we have to get the habit of prayer to the point where we just can't help it. And so practicing the presence is a great place to start in building healthy habits for prayer. And so I want to share with you um, some steps with, uh, about practicing the presence that will help us to build this habit. But first of all, I want to explain what practicing the presence is because it doesn't make sense without a definition. So here's, the, here's what it means. Practicing the presence is a spiritual discipline to develop a continual openness and awareness of Jesus' presence living in us. It's an invitation to experience every moment as a gift from God. That's what practicing the presence is. That means that we're going to experience God's presence throughout our day, every day. And we're going to go to Him, and we're just going to enjoy being in His presence. So I want to share with you five steps that you can take. Now, you can take all five of these. You can take one of these, but uh, don't take none of them if you're a follower of Jesus, all right? Just start to build this. If you already have a healthy prayer life, great. But these things will help to, to modify and, and, and grow that life. So look, let's look at these together. Um, number one, dedicate some task you are doing to the Lord. Dedicate some task you are doing to the Lord. So talk to him about it uh, before you do it, while you're doing it, and after you do it. So this could be anything from driving to work to changing a diaper, all right? Which, hallelujah, everybody, all of my babies are out of diapers for the first time in a lot of years. 
So good. But just dedicate some task to Jesus and talk to him about it. And just be with him in that task. Number two, offer all of yourself to God for the day day ahead. Now, obviously, you have to do this one either in the morning. So if you're an early riser, this is easy. If you're not an early riser, you could do this the night before, and that's still okay. But you just say, God, wherever I go tomorrow or today, wherever I live, wherever I work, wherever I'm going to hang out with my friends, would you just be there with me? Would you pour out through me and let your presence be very real in my relationships today? I give this day to you. Use it however you want in Jesus' name. Okay, that's number two. Number three, when a song comes to mind during the day, pay attention to it. Now, this happens to me all the time. And uh, it's, just, it's just the way God wired me. I just wake up in the morning and I just have a song in my head. And for the last three months, no doubt, I, I get up and I'll go into the bathroom and getting ready for the day. And I just hear, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. My God, that is who you are. And I, I go, God, why is that song stuck in my head? And God's trying to show me, hey, bro, you got a lot of stuff that's coming up, and I'm going to be your way maker because I need some ways made. So if God puts a song in your mind, just ask him, God, what, what are you trying to say to me? Pay attention to it and watch what he does. All right, moving on. Number four, decide to stop several times throughout your day to pay attention to God and practice his presence. So I want to share with you what I'm going to do this week. On my watch, I'm going to set uh, several alarms. I'm going to set one for 9 a.m., for noon, for 3 p.m., 6 p.m., and 9 p.m. Lord willing, I'm still awake at 9 p.m. I found out when you have kids, you want to go to sleep at like 7. Like, it's weird, but... But I'm going to set my alarm so that whenever my alarm goes off, I'm just going to know in that moment I need to take a moment and just pray and just get into the presence of God. Now, if you're in a conversation, finish the conversation. After the conversation, pray. That's what I'm going to do. So I invite you, if you'd like to do that with me, that'd be great. Number five, develop some prayers to stay awake and aware of God's presence. Develop some prayers to stay awake and aware of God's presence. So if God has uh, put something in your heart to, to pray, then just pray that out. Or begin to write some prayers down that will spur you on to pray every day. God, just let me be aware of your presence all around me in every way today. Now, Brother Lawrence was actually a 17th century monk, and he's the one who introduced this idea of practicing the presence. And here's what he said about this. He said, I make it my business to rest in his, that is Jesus, Holy presence, which I keep myself in by habitual, silent, and secret conversations with God. This often causes in me joys and raptures inwardly, and sometimes also outwardly, so great that I am forced to use means to moderate them and prevent their appearance to others. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus in here today, I hope this has happened for you at some point, where God, you're just in a moment of prayer or scripture reading and And God just does something inside of you, and you're just like, yes. Like, this happened to me this week. I was reading a scripture, and I saw something in the scripture. The Holy Spirit just illuminated something, and and God's spirit just in me was like bubbling up, and I was like, yes! You know, like, like it's just better than watching the Steelers, everybody. 
that's a bad example right now. Um, it's better than watching whatever you love to watch the most, all right? But here's the thing, like, that's what, that's what we should want. That's what we should look for, is that God is doing inside of us and bringing up this joy from inside of us, so much so that we just can't, we have to, like, chill out, you know, because it's so good. That's what it means to practice the presence. That's what it means to pray without ceasing. That's what it means to never stop praying. Paul said, always be joyful. Never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So if you're a follower of Jesus in here today, I just want to challenge you and encourage you. Don't let God's best life slip by because you're just being lazy or you don't make the time. You want joy in all circumstances. You want thankfulness in all circumstances. The key is prayer. And we can have those two things. Those things are good. In fact, the reason that Paul puts thankfulness in, there, in all circumstances, because Paul knew, because God showed him that being thankful actually heals us. In fact, I just saw a study this week that, that gratitude changes the chemistry in the brain and it brings about healing. It's powerful. But it only happens as God empowers us through prayer. And the Apostle John said, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He will hear us. So what's God's will? His will is for us to always be joyful and to be thankful in all circumstances. And we receive that by never stop praying, by never stopping to, that's hard to say, by never stopping praying. So we pray always, just continually practicing the presence of God. So I want to encourage you to take this next step with me. It says this, I will experience God through prayer as I practice the presence of God this week. So as we step into this next step together, would you just allow God to, to move inside of you? Maybe you'll even have, for the first time in a long time, or maybe the first time ever, a moment where you're like, yes! So if you're a follower of Jesus, please step into this. If you're not a follower of Jesus in here today, I want to I just talk to you for just one minute and let you know that God loves you so much that he sent his son to live a life you could never live. To die a death you should have died. He died on the cross. And then God, uh, he was buried and God raised him back to life on the third day after he had been dead for three days. God raised him back to life. And what happened in that moment was just so incredible because Jesus overcame sin and death forever. So that when we believe in Jesus, when we believe that he did what he uh, said that he did and demonstrated that he did through the accounts written in the Bible, when we believe in Jesus, we receive a new life in him. And when we receive this new life, we're new, create, new creatures. We're new creations. But we're creations of God. We belong to our Heavenly Father who loves us desperately. And so if you're here today, all you have to do is just admit that you need a Savior. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe in Jesus. 
and commit your life to him. And then you can step into this life of joy and thankfulness with a heavenly father who has so much grace, it's unbelievable almost. He loves you and wants you to be part of his family. So if that's you today, while we're praying, just just pray. Just say, Jesus, I, I want you to come into my life today. And I believe you and trust you. And then if that's you, Pastor Chris is going to talk about a next step you can take uh, here in just a minute. But let's all pray together. Father, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you that he did come here to live a life we couldn't live, that he died a death we should have died, and that you raised him back to life. And he overcame sin and death forever and giving us eternal life when we believe in him. So thank you so much for that, God. Today I pray uh, for those who are making a commitment right now to you for the first time, that you will be with them, that you will fill them with your Holy Spirit right now. And God, for those of us who have already made that commitment, my prayer is that right now you will stir us up, that that we will engage into a life of ongoing and consistent prayer, that we will take Paul's words to always be joyful and never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstances, and we will live that out together with you that we'll be fully devoted to you through prayer. Because we know, God, through prayer, you speak to us, you direct us, you shape us, you transform us, you shift atmospheres. God, you change cultures through prayer. So, God, would you just use us as we pray to you and as we enjoy your presence each and every day this week. In Jesus' name, amen.